0: Hey, everybody. This is Coffee with Mike here on Java Chat. It's Monday, September 18th. Is that right? Yeah. 17th. Huh? 17th. I'm a day ahead. (laughs) And uh, it's my my charge to keep things going, keep things moving in the right direction, and keep coming up with new content. Uh, Today was supposed to be a continuation of the subtopic on why you need a better funnel. There are so many people out there doing that kind of stuff. I'm almost <clears throat> almost a little bored with it already, which sounds horrible. But for those of you that are not uh, and are still listening and still want to learn more about how to build the right kind of funnel, I'm going to go ahead and do a little something here. I'm doing this a little different. I'm doing this right on my computer. I have a Yeti microphone. It seems to give me a little more bass in my voice. Of course, I, that could mean anything. But in any case, um, I'm going to do a little something here. That's me typing, just in case anybody's wondering. Um, I'm kind of a hunt and peck kind of guy, even though that might sound a little uh, might sound a little something uh, a little heavy. I kind of went through this. uh, For those of you that have never listened to my podcast before. uh, And it's talking basically about the 10 important principles of psychology that you're supposed to use in your funnels. And that deals with priming, uh, reciprocity, social proof, uh, the decoy effect, uh, scarcity, anchoring, uh, the bader Meinhard phenomenon, uh, otherwise known as "I see it everywhere," uh, the verbatim effect, clustering, and loss aversion or FOMO. Uh, actually, yeah, fear of uh, FOMO, fear of losing out. Because um, FOMO, FOMO is. Something else is completely... But in any case, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go through this a little bit. We'll try to get through this subject quickly, um, as I'm only supposed to dedicate one podcast to this particular line subject for this whole thing, thing, and then tomorrow we talk about disruptive imaging and things of that nature. There's actually some guys online right now that are doing uh, exac- exactly that. They're using disruptive imaging. They're using priming. They're using... Um, they're using all these different things: reciprocity, social proof, you know, all of that. So, the idea of priming, and, and some of this I've gotten off of uh, off of HubSpot, which is a good resource. They do very well with a lot of their content, especially with um, designing, creativity, things to consider. You know, just a good, um, just a good resource for information. Um, so, this one is actually written by Ginny Maneo. <clears throat> I'm not entirely sure when. Doesn't show a date, uh, but the principles are clear and they're and they're real. And you, they have a free guide you can download too. Listen, guys, again, I I don't do this because I want to sell you something. I'm doing this to help you guys understand what it means to build an actual funnel. You know, th- there are people out there that are selling complete systems, and a lot of what I'm sharing here is what's in those systems. Um, there are a few tricks of the trade that I I don't share because um, I don't want to you know completely take away all their thunder. Um, but I definitely want to do this to force them to step up their game so that what they charge you, they really, you know they can really deliver. There's a few people um, who I'll never be able to uh, give all their content away. One, I, I don't have their programs, but two, I also know their their efficacy in the marketplace, and they are phenomenal. They know their stuff, and they've they've produced numerous students that have done very well. Um, if you're if you're wondering who those people are that have those effective programs, feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, either on, you know, Facebook, um, you can reach out through Oasis Media Group. Uh, you can reach out through Twitter, Coffee with Mike, Instagram, Coffee with Mike. Um, you can also, if you're on Anchor, you can send me a message here. I'll be happy to answer. Okay. So rolling through these real quick, we're gonna do as as, as best as we can, as fast as we can. Starting with priming, um, it, it's kind of like that that game where you you know one person uh, word association. Right, you you're exposed to one stimulus; it affects how you respond to another. Um, if somebody says, uh, well, if if I say the word yellow, and I say sky or banana, um, people may have a, a semantic association between the fruit and its color. The yellow banana group will recognize the word banana faster than the yellow sky for obvious reasons. <clears throat> you do the same thing in priming. Priming, to, uh, doing it's kind of like akin to branding. It, please don't confuse the two. Branding is a much broader subject that you have to really dig into and understand. It's not just marketing. It's not just priming. Branding is a complete deal of its own. There's a whole strategy behind that. And if you really want to understand how branding works, reach out. I got a couple of people I can connect you to. They give tons of free content, great advice, great just insights to what branding is actually about. Um, and a couple of them actually have. Uh, branding templates, <clears throat> questionnaires that you can help to figure out what your messaging is, uh, your message and your messaging, I should say. All right, so um, there's there's a there's a test that was done by Naomi Mandel and Eric Johnson where they manipulated the background design of a website to see if it affected consumers' product choices. <clears throat> they were <clears throat> excuse me, they were asked to choose between two products in one category. They found that visitors who had been primed on money. You know the website background was green with pennies on it. Uh, looked at price information longer than those who had been primed on safety, in which case they spared more at the the, the specs of the car. Yeah, so uh, that's priming. Then there's reciprocity, which is if you if you look at Dr. Robert Cialdini's book uh, Influence: The Psychology of Persuasion, the concept of reciprocity is pretty simple. Somebody does something for you, you naturally want to do something for them. It's like when you walk up to somebody and say good morning, the law of reciprocity is they say good morning in kind, unless they're absolute turkey uh, or douchebag, you know, it, it, most people will respond. If you say, hi, you know, hi, how you doing? Most people will be like, hi. That's reciprocity. You can do the same thing in marketing. When they, when they If I give you value and I give you a – or I offer you something that's really uh, worthwhile to you or your business um, – you're most likely in kind want to give me your email address. Get the idea? All right, so social proof comes up next as number three. Still dealing with my allergies. Sorry, guys. Um, Most marketers actually understand this one, but you can't not mention it. Um, Social proof is the, the theory that people adopt uh, the beliefs or actions of a group of people they like or trust. In other words, when you're exposing yourself truthfully on social media, and and you know, there's those who sit there and say, "Well, you need to be vulnerable." That's a part of it, but it's a, it's more of a whole picture of who you are in total. And when people get to know you, like you trust you, that goes back to the old sales training of if we're going to go out and sell something, <clears throat> we need people to know who we are and understand what we're about. Um, if you're, and, and you know, there's, there's times when like there's, I can't remember her name, but she does, um, she does dental marketing. Uh, and she's, she used like, she used uh, musically before it became TikTok uh, as a means to have some fun uh, posting music videos. And and although the demographic there wasn't the decision-making demographic, they were the influencers in their families to be able to get mom and dad to say, uh, we'll go to this dentist instead. And She's been rocking it ever since. Now, she has a marketing company, and she helps Dennis market their business, and they do it using social proof, showing that they are actual, actual humans, they're real people, and then that in turn gets a child to say, "I want to go to so and so because they look like they're fun, or I've seen their music videos." Parents get off on it too because they look at it and go, "Here's somebody who's personable. They're not just some person with a degree. They're somebody that actually gets you know my kids." Um and in, in certain cases it may be for adults as well, and, and and showing things on uh Instagram live or doing now now TikTok, uh, once known as musically, um, <clears throat> or even Facebook stories, um, if if they're doing their business pages properly, showing the real you gets people to um and you get people endeared to yourself more. Okay. Uh number four is the decoy effect, where it's um Let's see. Dan Ayerly's famous TED talk it was, which is, "Are we in control of our own decisions?" Um, and there was an ad from the Economist outlining their latest subscription packages, where an online was fifty nine, a print subscription was one twenty five, and online and print was one twenty five. So, why wouldn't you take the last one? Right? You could only get the print. You, you could get the print only only subscription, the online print subscription for the same price. Why would they offer that? He reached out to the, the, the they, they basically, was a, it was a psychological test. Um, he gave them, uh, he did the same thing with about 100 MIT students. He gave them pricing packages. When all three options were there, students chose the combo. It was the best deal. But when he removed the useless option, the print subscription for 125, they preferred the cheapest. So it's basically giving them the idea that they're getting a killer deal. Because here, you can have both for this price or you can have only this one for this price. Even if the price difference was just slightly different, <clears throat> that alone has it has enough effect for somebody to look at it and go, oh, I could get these both, which is what a lot of guys do in their funnels. They rack them and stack them. You get all of these things, and this is this value of 997, and this one's 59, and this one's 197, and you're getting all of this for one price, or you could buy each one individually. They give you two choices, essentially. You could buy each one on its own, Or you can buy them all for this price. It's still the idea of the decoy effect, right? Scarcity. Um, When you think about there's only – you know who does that a lot? Um, I believe it's Expedia. There's only so many uh, rooms left at this price. There's only so many seats left at this price. Or they start popping up uh, pop-ups that say, so-and-so just bought this seat. There's two left. So-and-so just bought this seat. There's one left. And then you're looking at it going, holy crap, we're running out of seats. I need five. And there's only two left. I better grab these two and figure out how to get some more. And you go to Travelocity or Priceline or something, right? Same idea. Um, scarcity affects people's attention, uh, uh, perception, excuse me, and grabs their attention because all of a sudden the best deal may be out the door here any second. Um, and they don't want to miss out on that. That's a, that's another one that's uh, a FOMO deal where you fear missing out, right? Um, I said FOLO earlier, fear of losing out. That's kind of a different in semantics, but FOMO, FOLO, whatever. FOMO, I think, is the one that's most familiar to everybody. <clears throat> so the the idea of scarcity is, um, like, in 75, Worsley and Adwell conducted a study to see how scarcity affected that, that perception, right? They asked people to rate chocolate chip cookies. According to an article um, that describes the experiment, the researchers put 10 cookies in one jar and two of the same cookies in another. Okay? So chocolate chip cookies, 10 in one, two of two in the other. Same thing. No different. You could have grabbed a bag of Chips Ahoy and used those, okay? The cookies from the two-cookie jar receive ratings twice as high as the 10-cookie jar. What the heck? They're the same on cookies. Same batch, same thing. No different. But, you know, you got to you gotta be careful how you word it, of course. If you approach the scarcity concept as if there used to be a ton of products or service, but due to popular demand, there's a few left. People be receptive. On the other hand, if you approach it from the angle that there are only a few products total, so get it now... It's not as it's not as effective. So it has to it has to look like hey every everybody got we had such a great response to this it was absolutely amazing we got just a little bit left, you know thousands have been sold, we have fifteen, we have five, we have two, you know that kind of whole thing again going back to how Expedia and, and Priceline and all the travel sites do it they're very good at doing scarcity anchoring, um, anchoring has to do with um, uh, I just got a crazy deal on these jeans kind of thing, you know, I think I'll probably even buy them. But if my friend typically shops for jeans that are 20 bucks, won't be nearly as impressed. So they, they first people base decisions on the first piece of information they receive. So if my favorite store typically retails jeans for 50, but I find them on thir- sale for 35, it's awesome. Right. Cause that's like, I've gone like, like me, I'll go to, I'll go to um, um, where were we? Uh, myself and another colleague, we were in Chicago I uh, had to stop off, and I decided to buy a pair of black jeans because I needed something good for, for dinner. Um, and I'm not a huge dress pant guy. I, I enjoy good denim, so Levi's, right? Uh, so we went into – I don't know if it's Macy's or – I can't remember who sells Levi's. But anyway, we went in, and normally these black jeans are somewhere around, you know, $65, $70. I mean, Levi's are not cheap. They're, they're the industry standard denim. The stuff's tough, and it's great. I found a black pair of um, Levi's denim, and they were on sale. I want to say they were on sale for thirty-seven. I think, pretty sure. So of course, for me, Levi's jeans—that's a—that's a brass ring grab. You know, if I if I could afford Levi's all day, I'd be buying them all day. You know, but I usually find Wranglers and stuff like that. For now, I mean, you know, save money, right? But I found this one pair of black Levi's for 37 bucks. I was like, holy crap, done, sold. Now, if I were to do that with any of my other friends, they'd walk off and go try to find a Walmart. Okay, and and, and, and rightfully so, it's because, you know, to them, that's where the deals are. They can get a pair of decent jeans and that's enough. You know, 20 bucks, they're happy. In my case, I would be too. However, I was also pressed for time. I could not run out of the city. I had to stay in city we had appointments and dinners and things of that nature so 37 was a deal uh and that's a, and that's the idea is that for marketers anchoring it's important so, you know especially if you're running a sale i mean you gotta you you're basically saying hey this is the price this is normally at and this is what we're we're going to be putting instead of that they put a line through it and they put the the, the new price in red like here it is it's on special right so that that's that's anchoring it's just basically saying here this is what it was this is what it is now and it's red because this is the sale price and we don't know how long it's going to stay this way it's kind of combining a bit of the scarcity effect all right? and then you got the better my Me- meinhof phenomenon that's the that's the whole i think i've seen this before well you have and you've probably seen it numerous times but your brain wasn't looking for it your brain craves activity so if i were to tell you right now um whether you like it or not, Mercedes is is an amazing vehicle. If you haven't seen the latest Mercedes um, G-Class or C-Class or the latest M-Class from Bimmer, um, take a look around. You'll notice that there's some really cool new designs with BMW, with with Mercedes. Now, just hearing this anchor, that should put enough in your head that you're going to start seeing Mercedes and BMW all over the place. And you're going to sit and wonder why. Well, it's because your brain's been told, go look for this. So the idea with your marketing is it's like, look, if you don't believe me, look around you. And I've seen marketers do this too. It's like, look around you and see who's doing this, see who's doing that, and see what funnels are being done and see what offerings are being made, blah, 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 blah. And you're going to notice in your news feeds, in your ads, and even outside, you're going to start seeing other people that are doing marketing that are basically saying, look for this. Your brain will look for it and it will find it. Now, as much as that's something that you can do to others, you can do it to yourself too if you want to. But as much as you can do that to others, you want to make sure that what you tell them to look for leads right back to your particular product. Okay, so the first uh, it's it's like it's it's selective attention is basically what it is. Okay, and it's it's basically a, it's it's caused by through two things: selective attention. Uh, it's a new word, a new thing, idea. You, you unconsciously start looking for it okay the second is confirmation bias <clears throat> it's basically a reassurance your brain saying see there it is see there's another one see that's another one too and see that's that's re- th- so it's real it's confirmation of oh so mercedes does have a new car and it is pretty cool looking oh bmw does have a new m series and it's pretty phenomenal it's pretty rad okay there's a the verbatim effect that's our eighth one um have another person edit your work um things like that. When, when you're talking to, uh, people are more likely to remember the gist of what someone said, not the specific details. Uh, and this is because our brains can only hold so much information every 24 hours. Then after every 17 days, things just kind of slip into the background um, unless somebody's constantly in your, in your mind. Thus, the whole follow-up sequence and your emails, when to follow up, how often to follow up, how much value to give, and how much to use some of these uh, marketing psycho- psychological principles to keep people engaged, okay? Um, people spend less time actually reading, okay? Um, so if people aren't reading your content and not, they're, they're not likely to remember specific de- you know, details, um, you'll want to make sure that your headline's extremely clear. Uh, you know search and sharing friendly um, it should also accurately describe what's in your content so when people are looking for more info on a given topic they'll they'll think of that helpful that one helpful article uh, they read a while ago um, and i'm gonna i'm gonna share a couple of of cool things with you oops wrong one um, since I'm here um, what happened to eric where is he that's Axelrod where's Carlson oh I had a couple of things from Eric Carlson let's see there he is here um, these are some these are some headlines for emails okay, most entrepreneurship most entrepreneurship groups require pants this doesn't just that alone gets somebody to open up an email. Um, even if your game doesn't get you noticed on the greens, these head covers will. Obviously, it has to do with golf, or does it? A golfer will open that up, but if it's a business person and it has, it happens to be that these head covers deal with something else completely different. At least they've opened it up. <clears throat> they started taking a look. Here's one. This would throw anybody. This would even have me opening up a, a, a <laughs> opening up the email. What if a serial killer delivered a package to your doorstep every month? What the heck? Really? <laughs> um, the idea again here is to make sure that you have stuff that will get people's attention and will give them a little more detail about what you're act- actually talking about. In the case of like why you need a better marketing funnel for your legal business, why you need an effect, why you need a more effective or better marketing funnel for, you know, that's, that's the beginning of. Here's some here's some insight that you're gonna to need to read because there's some issues going on with the funnel that you have now now whether you do or don't isn't really a point it's you might be looking for uh, solutions as to improving your conversion rate and you come across this and start learning about the psychology of, of marketing and go oh geez you know what I didn't use that last time maybe I should use that in my next uh, you know uh, send out on my next emailing okay um, again, you're you're you want to be the the one that gets found, so you want to be you know search specific to a to a piece of content that will help somebody, but you want it to be clear enough in the headline that if somebody doesn't have the time, they'll at least know the gist of what your article is probably about. Okay. Clustering people have a limited amount of space in their short-term memory. Again, seventeen days is the longest span for that. Um, sometimes even twenty-four hours is too long. Uh, most people can only remember about seven pieces of information again. Uh, to cope, most people tend to cluster small pieces of bits of information. So uh, if you have like say you're using a shopping list, you can put your your shopping list in one box in your head and be able to remember most of it, most of it. Um, you still have that chance of f- forgetting a few pieces, but you want to be able to cluster pieces of information together for other people to consume. Um, uh, so when you're creating content, content, you want to keep that in mind. Um, how do you cluster it to increase memory retention? Like if somebody's listening to what I'm talking about, the psychology of marketing here, it's to talk about clustering some of those things, trying not to make this too long, but make it just impactful enough that when people go, oh yeah, he was talking about the psychology, I think there's 10 points in there. I remember a couple of the Ben-Meinhoff effect, um, FOMO, which is, you know, a loss aversion, uh, which is the last one, by the way. <laughs> um, it, that's and that's basically the concept that when somebody has something, they really don't like losing it. You know, it, it's participants were given mugs, chocolate, or nothing. When they were asked to make a choice, they were given two options. If they were given an object, they could trade their objects, or if they were given nothing, they could choose one of the two. Um, so the result was roughly half of them who started with nothing chose mugs, but eighty percent, eighty-six percent of those given mugs to begin with stuck with that item. Moral of the story, people don't like to lose what they've already gained. So if you give somebody something, you don't want them to lose out on it. You give them just enough that they can see how it works. They can get the idea, but they don't have the whole story. And in order for them to not lose it, you can offer them the rest of it. Okay. Um, Kind of, it's slightly sketchy on that one. Um, I'm more akin to the scarcity kind of thing than loss aversion. <clears throat> it could have a significant factor in freemium, though freemium products and increased product adoption. Um, you could ungate a feature for the free version of your product for a certain amount of time. You know, hey guys, here's a free trial to my new membership crew, uh, my new membership group on Facebook. It is normally paid at, at uh, forty nine dollars a month. Uh, it acts like a mastermind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For the next thirty days, I'm doing it free of charge. After that, um, you'll be You'll be removed from the group. It is a closed group. It is private. You can't find it. Once you're out, you're out. Unless you come in and pay the $49. So once they get in, obviously you want them engaged like crazy. You want them in there doing stuff. You want to give them assignments. You want to get them active. You want to get them some results for sure. That's the biggest one. You know, if you're doing that kind of that kind of service, uh, so that at the end of that 30 days, the loss aversion is hey, you know what? Normally this is a hundred, uh, 129 a month. You came in. I want to give it to you for 49. You had 30 days. Did you, you know, what did you like about it? Great. Awesome. 49 a month. You can stay. You'd be surprised at how many people jump at that. Okay. It's, it's pretty crazy. So we're at about the 25 minute mark. I'm going to say them one more time. All 10 of them, just so you guys hear them one, once more. That's priming, reciprocity, social proof, the decoy effect, scarcity or FOMO. Anchoring, the the Bader Meinhoff phenomenon. You know, I've seen it somewhere. Uh, the verbatim effect, clustering and loss aversion. These are all things that you should be using in your funnel. And it's one thing that you want to do is take the time to go read that. It. It's it's you search it on Google. You pull it up on HubSpot. You'll see that a lot of this is taken right out of that article. And I have given credit to Maneo um, who wrote the the actual article. Uh, I'm not sure if she's still employed there. Uh, I can tell you, I, I used to write for entrepreneur.com as one of their Ask the Experts. My content is still up online. And it's been, geez, 2011. It's almost been eight years now since I wrote that. Um, a good portion of it is still relevant, thankfully, because uh, principles just don't change. The mediums and platforms by which they are delivered, that's what changes. So. We're on audio. We're on anchor.fm. You are on Java chat. This is Coffee with Mike. And I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen. If you think this is good stuff, do me a favor, share it out. If you want to hear it uh, as you're on the road, I'm on Spotify. You know, you got catch me on Overcast as well. There's a number of different places that you can find this podcast. Um, it, I'm going to give a shout out to some guys that uh, do some amazing pour over coffee. If you haven't tried it yet, and I'm, I'm giving them a shout-out just because I like their coffee. Um, maybe one of these days we can offer some up at a discount or something, that, um, and you guys can try it. I can tell you, um, whatever they're charging is well worth it and probably worth more. Uh, and it's called Tribo Coffee. That's T as in Tom, R as in Romeo, I as in India, B as in Beta, O as in Oscar. Tribo Coffee. Uh, brown box with a tiki face on the front of it. It's pretty cool. The flavors that they come up with, they um, – uh, two blends and three solid ones, Papua New Guinea, Ethiopia, and Guatemalan. Those are the solid uh, single bean. And they have an expedition blend and a campfire blend. Both, I mean, all five of them, I should say, all excellent. Great for taking along on camping trips. Great for taking along on quick trips, places here and there. If you're on a road trip and you just want to do a quick pour over someplace, you can. Um, Flavor is just amazing. Um, I I do love coffee, always have um, in fact, I just shared an, uh, an article with uh, recently um, where uh, it was 10 reasons that it's good to have a cup of coffee every day. So, you know, everything in moderation, guys. And, and as usual, uh, I want to send you guys all the love. Thanks for listening. Um, do take care of each other and keep it rolling by all means till tomorrow. Ciao, ciao.